We are presenting to you a new hard rock band by the name of Black Swan, featuring vocalist Robin McCauley. Uh, this guy also sings for McCauley Schenker Group, and he was a part of Survivor. Who doesn't know Survivor? The band from the 80s. Uh, I believe they're still around. Uh, Robin sang for these guys. Uh, anyways, Black Swan is comprised of uh, Robin, of course, on vocals. Uh, you got guitarist Red Beach, uh, who plays with Winger and Whitesnake. You got bassist Jeff Pilson, formerly of Dokken and presently with Foreigner, amongst a million other projects. All due respect to Mr. Pilson. And the drummer, uh, you got Matt Starr, who's with Mr. Big and Ace Frehley. So anyways, on this episode, we cover Robin McCauley, vocalist extraordinaire of Black Swan and McCauley Schenker Group. So let's check out their latest video and song by the name of Miracle off of their brand new brand new album Generation Mind off of Frontiers Music SRL here is Generation Mind uh, the song called Miracle we'll be right back
Miracle. You guys can stream it. You guys can find it on most digital formats. You guys can get Generation Mind, uh, the brand new album off of Frontiers Music. Look for it on your favorite digital format. And let's go ahead and go to the interview with Mr. Robin Magali. Enjoy. Black Swan, uh, Generation Mind, uh, dropping April 8th, uh, Frontiers Music. Uh, talk to us about this record if you can. Um, Black Swan, Generation Mind, record number two from uh, Black Swan, following up on uh, Shake the World that we released uh, just pre-pandemic. Um, the record will drop April 8th. Um, we have two singles up on YouTube right now. The first one is the title track, Generation Mind, and Eagles Fly dropped on uh, March 17th, St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, last Thursday. Yeah. And um, the reviews have been absolutely fantastic, and, and we really appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening, and especially, especially you guys. Yeah. So, Appreciate thank you for that. Well, thank you for uh, bringing uh, good rock to us fans, you know. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, we're just happy to be making music. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm yeah. glad I'm glad to see you guys are still uh especially yourself, you know. I know uh, I know you from the 80s, you know, from uh MSG. I first heard you guys, you know, anytime about 80 wow. 89. Wow. And so uh thank you for bringing the uh, uh good rock and uh, the old school guys like you and you know, it's not new rock like the new rockers you know new bands i'm not really a personal you know opinion i'm not really a big fan of new rock so well thank you thank you thank you thank you we're just, we're just you know good music is good music right yeah and that's and that's that's all we do that's what we do and uh good quality stuff and people seem to enjoy it and i guess as long as they do we'll keep making it james so did you guys record it this album uh in a room together or or was it via email uh, well initially uh, no we recorded it at uh, jeff pilson's home studio yeah. Hill sound okay and um you know the process is because you know jeff is so busy with with uh, foreigner um and then uh, reb of course is really busy with winger yeah and white snake and white snake so uh, reb usually flies into um, into la where jeff and i live and um he gets together with jeff and they start you know shredding getting the music together and um at which point they drop it on my doorstep and i take it and uh i'm off to the races with lyrics and melodies and when i'm about ready to start recording then i get back over to the studio with jeff and we get into sort of a, a pre-production phase yeah um he hears what i have and we might you know change a couple of things up to record it and and Bob's your uncle. And then Matt, unfortunately, this time had to record his drums remotely because he's in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, so that was a little bit difficult. He he, uh, he moved back there with family uh, uh, when the pandemic was just, it was just the thing for him to do. Um, but we got it done and um, it sounds, we're, we're, we're really happy. Yeah. You know, we, we, we love the first record and uh, uh, fair to say i think we we believe we took this up a little a notch you know oh yeah good stuff yeah so uh you got the ideas from uh, from the guys the riffs and all that do you have uh lyrics lying around or that you're saving if you will or do you just come up with fresh ideas there on the spot always, oh, yeah always fresh always oh. fresh and usually um usually as in the case of, of uh for example in the case of uh, eagles fly 
Yeah. Something, something that, uh, something in the riff on the intro that that Reb was playing inspired me. I heard something, and I'm, I'm, uh, I remember when I was listening way back when I was listening to uh, Jeff Lynne's War of the Worlds, H.G. Uh-huh. Wells album, um, where he had Phil Lynott on there and Justin Hayward and David Essex and. I think uh, Richard Burton was the narrator, and yeah. I heard something that reminded me of an alien sound that was on that record, <laughs> <laughs> and the true story. And I went, "Oh man, there it is! War of the Worlds. I'm, that's what I'm going to write about, and that's really what the song. <laughs> that's my interpretation of it, really. Really, know, you know, and lights are flashing across the sky, and you know, laser beams killing machines. <laughs> wow." Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Very so cool. So that's that's, you, that's usually what happens. It's uh, something, something in the chords that he plays. Yeah. Uh, same, same can be said. It just inspires me. I, I hear something, and I'm going. Eh. And then if when I when I come up with the idea, um, for in the case of there's a track on there called Wicked the Day. really um, the battle between King Arthur and his bastard son Mordred and and so I research it and I read about it and then crown is really about Zeus you know the demigods a all of that sort of stuff I research that and and you know, Killer on the Loose is really about Jack the Ripper, so... I spend I spend hours reading up and, and picking ideas and, and reading the story, and then I kind of come up with a set of lyrics centered around that if that makes any sense wow that's yeah. very cool very interesting that's cool yeah that's what i do so and i of course i'm uh, i hit a learning curve at the same time because i'm learning something <laughs> what <I'm doing laughs> you know so it's kind of it serves a it serves a double duty <laughs> right you're learning as you go <laughs> i'm learning as i go yeah so what's behind the name black swan and whose idea was that oh um, well, of course, that goes back to the first record, and we were sitting around, well, not really sitting around, but we were like yeah. sending ideas backwards and forwards, and they were they were just terrible names. I mean, they were just <laughs> really? awful. And then um, Red one day got on, on the blower with us, and he goes, dude, so I'm sitting with Kip, Kip Winger, right? Yeah. And he says, we were just talking about, you know, trying to find a name. He goes, dude, it's so difficult to find a name. And, and he said, Red... Red, uh, Rip said, uh, that's one, there's a good name. And he goes, that's a really cool name, dude. And so we kept it. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, of course, Black Swan also alludes to, it's funny, um, it, it's really got nothing to do with the bird. Yeah. Nothing at all. Um, it's, it's basically a band name. But, you know, Black Swan, in terms of economy, is, is, <laughs> right. is really bad. And, of course, at the time of the pandemic, when it kicked in, Almost immediately after we dropped 
shake the world yeah. it was like it, it couldn't be more poignant you know right <laughs> and, and it's funny how some things just fall into place and and uh yeah and that's where it came and then of course you need to come up with artwork and then people were going dude how come the swan is not black <laughs> <laughs> right and i'm going i'm going yeah i can ask that question myself <laughs> no. uh, but i loved the artwork on shake the world it's it's um sticks out it's great and then of course we come to this one and i had a bunch of ideas and uh jeff and reb said dude why don't you just take the lead on this keep us informed what you think you we should have and so i was very much into reading and and, and discovering the, the the plague doctor period in the, in the black plague when they used to wear those plague doctor masks yeah. and i went well here we are in the 20th century walking around for the last two years wearing damn masks right and so i took it to the next level and i i did some research and i i saw what the black the plague doctors would wear when they would go to see patients suffering from the black plague and then i i can do a little bit of graphics myself so i started taking the mask and put it on a on a swan figure to see what that would look like and then i took it a step further and i was thinking it needs to be a lot more ominous and a bit futuristic a bit steampunk and then i started delving into the colors that they used yeah. uh, on, on the alien monster because it's it's that sort of blue cold steel look you know yeah. when he's dripping and, and and so i spent a lot of time backwards and forwards with the artist and every time we'd make a change the band would get to see it and uh in the end that's what we came up with and i think it's awesome <laughs> very cool i very think it's awesome same artist from the first record stan decker he, he's just the dude is incredible yeah yeah special for sure yeah so how did uh how did this all-star group come together i know it's frontiers right but for the people asking yeah. you know um you know um serafino uh perugino who's the ceo of frontiers he had come to me about a year before shake the world was actually recorded and he wanted a solo record from me and i really was too busy um and i really wasn't interested in me doing a solo record um really yeah i really wasn't interested in it at all and then jeff called me and he's about a year after that and when we put it on the back burner and um jeff said hey serafina just called me and he wants me to put together a super group and i'm going ah oh, dude that's a horrible name super group. you know <laughs> And he goes, yeah, me too. He says, but I was thinking, since Reb played on Dawkins' Tooth and Nail, um, I spoke to him already, and he's totally down for it. I haven't talked to any other singer because I want you to do it. Uh, and I said, wow, that, that's playing with Reb Beach would be would be killer. And I said, but if you play bass, um, I'll be totally down for it. And he goes, no, I'll be producing. I want to take a back seat. I want to sort of oversee it. Yeah, I can do some of the songwriting, but I, I I don't want to be the bass player. And I went, well, that's a shame because I want you to be the bass player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's good. Yeah. So we, yeah, so we started writing, and then both Reb and I, uh, we we said, well, there there it is, Jeff, you're going to be the bass because he would play, he would play bass to get the tracks done, right? Yeah. And then he was going to he was going to pass them off to another bass player, and we both agreed, nah. Dude, if you don't play bass, we're not doing this. So <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep those tracks. So, yeah. So he relented, and uh, 
did an amazing job, and then we, we got Matt Starr in to complete the uh, Black Swan uh, quartet. <laughs> right. Yeah, Jeff is a beast on the bass. Uh, oh, he's unbelievable. Dude. Oh, and, and, yeah. and a great person, amazing engineer, and a great producer. Great. And a great songwriter. And he sings. Hate the guy. <laughs> hate, hate the guy. <laughs> the whole... The whole, the whole package deal, yeah. He's, the whole kit and caboodle, as they say, yeah. So, to speak of you a little bit, when did you first know you could sing? Uh, how did you find <laughs> out you had a voice? <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to tell you and you'll say, no way, dude, and I'm going to tell you. Um, I'm not a singer. I, I wanted to be a great drummer. I absolutely sucked. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, but I played drums for years um, in little small this that and the other bands yeah and um it was a complete fluke uh in a local pub in the uk that uh it was a band playing sort of cover top 40 stuff and um i ended up on stage with this band and i said well can you do this in this key and do this in this key and they're looking at me laughing going yeah right whatever <laughs> and and that's true and uh I started hammering out a couple of songs, and about a month later, they went, "You want to be the singer in our band, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> and I went, "And I went, absolutely not. No, I don't want to be the singer in your band. I don't sing. That was just, that was just, you know, a mad, a, a mad, a mad thing to do in a pub." Wow, really? And, um, wow. Yeah, and lo and behold, um, I did end up going down and taking a listen, and I spent two years doing the pub circuit in the UK. And then um, a guitar player and a bass player showed up one night and went, you want to play some real music? <laughs> and so um, I left the pub scene and joined these two guys that later on went on to become Grand Prix. Okay, yeah. And uh, I recorded two records with Grand Prix, and mm -hmm. I suppose at that point I thought, yeah, this is not bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and then Jake... Then Schenker came and saw us, and I ended up with Schenker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, so, just, just um, like that. I've always thought, never thought of myself as a singer. I thought, always thought of myself as somebody who wanted to be a drummer and ended up as a singer. So, How about before that? Did you ever maybe sing maybe in the shower or in your car? In, in, in... I used to do backup singing. I mean, when I was playing drums, I would do I would do background vocals. And, and that, was, that was okay because... Um, you know, nobody could see me. <laughs> You're in the back. And that, was, and that was okay by me. I'm not really, you know, I, I had no aspirations to be the front man. <laughs> you oh, know. Wow. wow. And and really, yeah, it's... Um, so once I started doing it, I suppose for real, and I started taking it serious, I went, wow, well, you could lose your voice doing this real easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, I used to. And then I discovered, okay, if you're going to do this for real, you better do it right. And I started, uh, you know, taking care of your voice, taking the lessons and doing it the right way, and, and all of that. So that's stuff. one of my questions. And, and here we, and here we are, forty years later. <laughs> wow. Well, congrats on that. You're one of the, the best vocalists out there for sure. Rock. Oh, thank, thank you, James. Thank you, thank you. You know, I do my best. You know, I have good days and bad days. I, I try to make every day a good day, and sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're human, so so. Is there a secret in uh, taking care of your voice, or what do you do to to keep uh, keep up with your voice and not mess it up? Um, you know, I have a big tour coming up with with Michael Schenker, um, 
towards the end of April, right into May. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be like two hour shows, 25 wow. songs. It's a lot of work, night after night after night. Wow. So you have to be, um, you just have to be physically and mentally ready. And then, of course, there's your voice because technically it's the only acoustic instrument on the stage. Yes, you have a microphone. Yes, we have in ear monitors and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But ultimately, what comes out of that microphone is what you're putting into it in the in the real physical sense. Exactly. Those are your vocal cords. That's your air, your sound. Um, and it's very difficult sometimes to be completely up to the task because you're traveling. Uh, you're 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 subjected to many different elements: hot, cold, you know, weather, yep. stress. Um, don't don't speak when you're not. When they're not spoken to, just shut up, yeah. keep it quiet, and that's what I do. I don't talk very, very little. Um, I just—it's to me. Once I'm on the road, it's—it's it's very boring. It's all about the show, yeah. nothing else. It's yeah. all about the show, and can I do it? And what do I have to do to make sure that when the green light's on, I'm ready to go? And uh, and and the rest of the band, even though they don't say anything. <laughs> They're looking at you, going, "You got this, dude." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and and there it is. And if the show goes down, it's usually the singer. And tell me who they hate most when that happens. Yeah, the singer. The singer. <laughs> and you know yeah. what? Some people don't know that. You know, the voice is oh. a, a delicate instrument. You know. Yeah. It it, it is extremely delicate. They go, oh, "Dude, all you have to do is sing. That's all you got to do. Pretend <laughs> there and sing." Well, uh, yeah, that that's all. Yeah, you're right. That's all I have. You mentioned a tour coming up with uh, with Michael Schenker. How is it yes. working with, with such a legend? Oh, he's amazing. I mean, he's a perfectionist, no question about it. Um, I think he plays better now than he ever did. Um, he is um, he is spends a lot of attention to detail. Really? He's the master of his craft, and that comes because of the dedication that he puts into his craft. Make wow. no mistake about it. He, he is he's something else. Um, he is very very particular about how he does it um, and and how he sounds and um, yeah. You can you can learn learn a lot from from him in terms of uh, you know self discipline, self control, and, and there's lots of stories about Michael. But you just have to get up on stage along with him and, and understand yeah. understand. Um, that that there is nobody like him. It's incredible. That's true. Yeah, He's incredible. A, Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, to the point where I mean, is he human? Maybe he's not of this world, or yeah, maybe he's not. <laughs> maybe he's an alien. Yeah, he might be. But, but you know what? You know what? Um, he's learned the human way, and he knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's, uh, and of course he celebrates this year. He celebrates his fiftieth. Uh, Oh, that's right. Anniversary, fifty years of music, and wow. um, and and quite a uh, quite a catalog. Wow, you know, yes, quite a catalog. Yeah, for sure. So let's uh, speak about your solo record from last year, "Standing on the Edge." Uh, yeah. talk, talk to us about this record if you can. Yeah, 
Yeah, when you know when the when the label uh, finally convinced me that I should do it, then I, I have to think, what am I going to do? Who 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 wants to listen to Robin McCauley solo? You know, a lot of people. Uh, mm. Yeah, well, I you know, um, again, I, I had great insecurities, so uh-huh. I, I thought, okay, how do I do this? So I reached out to a lot of people that I worked with, um, and I thought, okay. Let's write something from that genre, from that genre, from that genre. So, you know, my old keyboard player from my Grand Prix days, uh, Tommy Denander in Sweden, who who just recently co-wrote the uh, Detroit Spaces for Alice Cooper. Um, he also has uh, a brand new record himself out called Radioactive. And I just had a single up on YouTube called uh, uh, Move It that was co-written with Mutt Lang, who produced all the Shania Twain, Def Leppard stuff, mm-hmm. etc. Yes. Um, so I wrote a song with him. I wrote one with Howard Leese, the guitar player from Heart, who's also in the Las Vegas show that I do, and, and that sort of stuff. So I could basically have a mix mash of sort of sounds that people might have been familiar with from what I did. Mm-hmm. Tommy wrote a lot of songs with the, the late and great Jimmy Jamieson that sang with Survivor, and of course I sang with Survivor, so yes. I wanted something sort of kind of like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how that record came about and now i'm about one song away from completing the writing on my follow-up solo record oh really okay and um i'm hoping to get a lot of the vocals done before i leave for shanker tour so it's going to be um um more more rocky than the first one now that we we got that out of the way now we're going to concentrate on on, on uh, making it a little harder sounding than the first one because i uh, not so many co-writers this time, um, yeah. So that it's more streamlined, if, if that makes sense. Very cool. Looking forward to that. So I want to I want to touch base real quick on. I remember, as I told you, I remember seeing you guys on MTV and VH1 and all that back in the late '80s. Uh, Anytime and all those great songs. How did that change your career, or or Michael's career, for that matter? Was there a change there in, in fame, or was your fan base did that grow? Or well, um, I don't know how we determine fame. You know, is fame because you sell a lot of records, you make a lot of money, or do both? Mm-hmm. I didn't do either. I never did either. <laughs> um, um, you know, we made we, we we recorded some great songs. Um, and I guess because of it and because of the exposure, um, more people learn about who you are. Yeah. And and you create, going forward, you create, I guess, a fan base. Um, uh, you know, at the time in the 80s, we were kind of forced into writing a particular way because everybody wanted their MTV slot, everybody wanted their BH1 slot. Yeah. And, and, um, it was pretty much uh, uh, a given that if you didn't have your MTV slot or your VH1 or your radio play, that it was very difficult to get on a tour, you know? Yeah. So the label would go, I don't really hear the song yet, you know? <laughs> so you go back you'd go back to the drawing board, you know, and you'd be like writing by numbers till, till there was a song that they liked. And then voila, 
there you go, you're up on YouTube or you're, you're up on, um, on MTV and you get the radio play and then you might get a, 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 an offer for tour. We toured with Def Leppard, we toured with Whitesnake, we toured with Rush. Wow. You know, and um, that's sort of because when you tour with bands like that who have a vast following, then a portion of that following hopefully becomes yours and, and you, you build your fan base. I mean, Mike, Mike and I had a great fan base from his UFO days, yeah, you know? Of course, yeah. And, and of course, with his Michael Schenker group days, although I think Macaulay Schenker made more of an indent on the VH1 and the ra American radio than Michael Schenker group days did. But the UFO mm -hmm. material has always been very, very much up there, very much a cult following and I oh, mean, yeah. what a band. For sure, oh what yeah. A what a band, just great stuff, yeah. Great stuff, oh yeah, for sure. So I understand you took a break from from music recently, maybe in the 2000s, to be with your family, as I understand. Well, that was much earlier I did, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it was at a point, um, my kids are my twin boys, mm -hmm. are 20, they're 23 now. Yeah. And when they were, when they were born, you know, I was, I was always working and I went, I, I need to be home to see my kids walking, you yeah. know. And as it turned out, I missed my son Jamie's first steps. I was on tour in Japan and I, I was bummed, yeah. you know, and I come from a large family, so family is mucho important to me. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and and um, um, I like that solid family base behind me, yeah. and um, that's really important. So um, after I had missed my son Jamie's steps, I, I went, that's it. I'm literally going to pull the plug on this. Yeah. And I, I, I stayed home to be around my family, and I got into um, computer graphics so nice. that I could, I could do it everybody else did and earn a paycheck and have medical care for my kids and yeah you know health care for my kids and and i did that for a bunch of years uh before i actually then joined uh survivor yeah survivor and, yeah. Uh, yeah i was in survivor for about five years and then um one day i had the opportunity to uh uh join a classic rock show in Las Vegas, which I was in for the last seven years, voted number one best classic rock show in Vegas, and we performed over 1,500 shows. Wow. At five nights a week, every night. Oh, wow. And we had two, two days two days a week off. And I, I live in LA, so I traveled from LA to Vegas and then back home for my two days. Not easy on family. And yeah. my wife my wife was just the, uh, the cornerstone. And... Um, since um, the pandemic, the Vegas show obviously had to close. It's rescheduled to open May, maybe June. Uh, and in the interim of me being home, finally, um, my wife has been on our bucket list for like 20 years or something. She uh, became a licensed nurse. She's already a very, very, very busy lady because she runs a uh, she runs a facility for eating disorder. Okay. Uh, adolescents, and in the meantime. Like she didn't have enough to do working a 14 hour day she also uh, studied and became a licensed nurse so wow um she was one of the first uh frontline workers in la to actually vaccinate people oh wow yeah so um, very cool <laughs> i'll go in this house james <laughs> <laughs> very cool yeah very <clears throat> proud of her very proud of her. so are there any reunion plans for or with grand prix for people asking um, we just started writing 
for a new album after all of these years. Really? Wow. Very cool. We have been co- we have been coaxed out of retirement, and um, I received the first two songs. Uh, I think Saturday. Wow. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Funny you should ask. So um, there's no particular deadline on it because we all have stuff to do. But um, yes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a new Grand Prix record. Wow, that's and great! That's- great news for the fans. <laughs> yeah, great news. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll see where that goes. So that's going to be exciting. Very exciting for us fans too. Would you like to send a message to your fans uh, listening to this podcast? Oh, I sure would. And thank you for listening, first of all. That is, I mean, I love it. I love it. Um, obviously, if you're not acquainted with Black Swan, if you go to Frontiers Music SRL, um, you'll see everything there is to know about Black Swan. You will see the links to the YouTube videos, the recent one, Eagles Fly. The album title, Generation Mind, also up on YouTube. And a link that will take you to the Frontiers Music Store, where it would be so awesome if you bought our CD, a beautiful vinyl on a crystal finish. There is also a limited edition of cassettes, would you believe? And of course, uh, t-shirts. So you can find everything on there, Frontiers Music SRL. And uh, go to YouTube, um, give our video a like, give it a share, go to my official Facebook page, Robin McCauley Official, and uh, give it a like, give it a listen, and play it loud. Awesome. We appreciate your time, Robin. Thank you for making time, and uh, great talking to you. James, thank you so much, and I hope we'll talk again. We'll do for sure. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, my friend. So don't forget to subscribe to our channel if you guys are enjoying what you hear and see. Uh, thank you guys for subscribing if you haven't subscribed. For those of you returning returning fans and friends, uh, thank you for uh, picking us out from uh, a bunch and a bunch of other podcasts out there. So there you had it, Mr. Robin McCauley of Black Swan, MSG, McCauley Shanker Group, of course, from the legendary legend, Mr. Michael Schenker, of course. So check out uh, Mr. McCauley's uh, bands and projects. You can find him on all socials. McCauley is spelled M-C-A-U-L-E-Y. Robin McCauley. So awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Mr. McCauley, for making time and uh, being a part of our show, of our podcast. So anyways, don't forget to keep it metal. Keep it metal.